Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get drunk. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breakouts podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. How you doing, man? I am. I'm good, bro. I'm. I'm very tired. Uh, it's Friday. Uh, it's been a busy week, but um, yeah, man. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the week strong, and 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 have a dope interview as per usual. How are you? You sick of me yet? No, not at all, bro. Not at all, bro. Not at all, bro. Yes, yes. At this point, you're supposed to be sick of me, man. Nah, man. We're, we're, we're good, man. We're good. How How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, living out here. Um, I'm excited to to keep the run going with breaking atoms. Um, the interviews, the guests. We have a guest today joining us. Um, originally from Dallas, and then and migrates over to to New York City, and he's keeping it to the essence. He's got a new project out, and he's worked with some really, really great artists. Some of us that we love and know. Um, and you know, I, I love the project you did with terminology. Yes, sir. You know, Term is a you know we're massive. I mean, being at Term's first UK show, you know, we're a big fan of terminology here and the Boston crew in general. Yes, sir. Boston hip hop in general, we are. You know, shout out to Static as well. But um, but our guest today, he's a wizard. You know, he has a Jedi mind trick. You know, he pulls it over our eyes. But we we're, we're Jedi's ourselves, so we we see the real. Um, we're talking to Amadeus three sixty. How you doing, man? We here, bro. You here? Yeah, how you feeling? Congrats on the album. Thank you, thank you. Um, talk to us about uh, your creative process around the album, producing the album. Um, when did this, when did that idea click to you to go? Hey, I want to, I want to make this to a body of work now, uh, and and kind of the inception of of um, MPC Jedi. <clears throat> well, I mean, this is my third major project. So the one, first one was Duck Down. Rusty Jooks, James Brown of the Underground. We had a full feature on Dug Down. And uh, then my second one was with Terminology, and it was really successful. Um, you know, he's incredible. So, you know, everybody loves Term. So um, it, it, was, it was a no-brainer. We had a lot of really dope features on the album. You know, Sheep Looch, of course, Fame, M.O.P., uh, Sky Zoo. A lot of really dope features, but... This time, you know, because of timing, we couldn't really get on a third project. And I, I thought, you know, after speaking with DJ Premier's manager, former manager, Fat Gary, you know, he advised me, you need to rock out alone. You need to make this, you know, an Amadeus thing instead of doing it with somebody else. And, um, I, you know, of course, we saw what he did with Premier's career. And just having Fat Gary's ear was amazing. Uh, I learned so much from him, and I'm here today, you know, taking that advice. That's dope. A shout out to Gary, too. Um, you mentioned advice. I want to switch it to feedback now, because I, I was watching an interview, with you and you, were t- you mentioned a name that me and Chris, we both love this individual. We grew up on his music. Like, I told him recently, I, I, yo, Nick Wiz, I love you, bro. Like, the, what you've done in music... And what you've done for our our generation, man, you're a legend. So talk about getting almost not not necessary advice from Nick Wiz, but that feedback on beats to make and what you should include, etc. Because that's a that's another Jedi. If if we're taking the Star Wars theme, 
what's that been like for you to to be in a position where you can lean on people like Nick Wiz and, and Fat Gary to kind of get that advice and, and feedback on on the music you make? Um, Nick was intricate and, you know, everybody got their way. You know, you have amateur producers and then you just got people that are producers, producers. And of course, Nick is one of those producers. He's a producer's producer. You know, most fans, they don't know the corners that people are cutting and they're ripping off stuff. I, I mean, and in the beginning, when your skills are right, you do do a lot of that. Everybody does the fake it till you make it, man. Don't let nobody tell you, you know, you because what happens when you pretend to do, if you got dope aspirations, you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be this one day, you don't feel like lying about that. So what you do is you pull some little stunts together. You understand? And, and Nick coming into my life, uh, you know, of course, him introducing me to Kid Capri, you know, and then him basically mentoring me and showing me the way Kid Capri just, you know, him shitting on my stuff helped me. And, uh, you know, Nick is, is a, he is, he's an incredible producer, um, many underrated in many ways. And, um, he just like, basically he had the patience to sit with me and say, okay, do you want to be the producer that I am with the artists like I have, like Rakim and blah, blah, blah? Or do you want to stay that producer that, every, you know, everybody's oh, just going to lie to and say, well, yo, that's real dope. Keep going, working that. And I thought about it. I already had, you know, contacts and people that I knew on a professional level, people that are big names. And I went for it. So like watching Nick, I learned a lot, you know, learned about publishing, learned the business, but I also learned what I, how I could produce for me. You know, Nick has a way of doing his thing and I do mine. He, he literally chops up and he lays out every drama individually, EQs each one in a, uh, you know, in, in Pro Tools. I don't do that. And but watching him made me learn the easiest workflow for myself. And um, yeah, Nick is Nick is uh, yeah. He, he I, I don't call him a Jedi. I'm a Jedi. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. All right, let's be clear about that. I'm the Jedi. <laughs> but uh, you, you know there well, are multiple. But there could be multiple, well, right? He's a Marvel fan. He's a huge Marvel oh, okay, fan. Okay, I got so, you. I got you. All right, I got so you. I will give him that. But August. yeah, yeah, Nick is uh, Nick is the truth. And uh, yeah, it was basically hands on with Nick. Nick sat with me, was real patient. Um, you know, laughed it off. But then I got in circles where people really heard it, and that's what really bumped me up. And you know, I started going over to Kid Capri's studio and hanging out with him and watching what he was doing real close. And uh, once he let one of my songs play, if y'all know Kid Capri. He real impatient and he don't like nothing. He don't like something. Two seconds in, he reaches over and be like, looking at you. I played a majority and he let the whole thing play. And once that happened, it was there. It was just a whole nother uh, avenue for me. He told me I came a long way very quickly. He reached over and just looked me in the eye and said that. And I never looked back and. I've got all these people. It's just weird. It feels strange. But uh, 
Kid really crit the critique from Kid Capri really, really uh helped. You know, dope, dope. I love what you said about Kid Capri saying, uh, yeah, you've come a long way quickly, and it, it leads into my my next question is, with this whole mentorship role that you have with with Kid Capri, what's the best piece of advice you can say he he he's given you that you're willing to share with the listeners or other producers? He told I can tell you exactly what he told me one time, and it and it's true. Um, you know, I was bringing him stuff, and come and you know, producers, especially once they get good with their skills, sometimes producers will get in their own heads. And what I mean by that is, you do you be doing all this extra shit, putting stuff in, and that you just think is incredible. But, you know, what you have to do is learn how to think like the rapper. And I'm not a rapper. And um, sometimes that stuff be mad distracting to, to all the rappers. So Kid told me one day, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm a dad, you don't have to put all that stuff in there. He says, you know, sometimes less is more. And he was right. He was right. And. It seemed like I would remove something and there were beats I, I have for people that they didn't even, they didn't like it because they said it was distracting. And then I go in that go into my machine and like I go in there and take out some stuff and rearrange a couple of little things and simplified it. Amped up the drums, EQ made it hit hard and send the same beat back. I was like, yeah, this is it. And I'm like, you know, I sent you that beat before. And they're like, oh, word, you know, so, so yeah, that's the best advice he gave me. Sometimes less is more because he's right. And I have uh, experienced that where rappers were like, it was a beat that was kind of, in my opinion, so simple, but they lost their, their minds over it. Like the cool G rap that I just did for turn with G rap. We shot a video, you know, I got G rap, you know, greatest MC of all time. You know, standing there telling me how he usually gets a beat from somebody and he has to listen to it three, four times before it, he catches it. He said, but when I heard this one, I was like, Woo, yeah, this is it. It's a huge honor, man. Yeah, it's a huge honor. I had a few of my uh, people that I admired that became my peers, you know, Prem. You know, he's got me on headquarters and he's shouting out my name. You know, uh, Pete Rock, I, I flipped Pete Rock's Reminisce Over You for uh, for Sean Price with VSOP. You know, he was riding around in the Maserati with me. You know, he was like, yo, this is the best flip of my stuff I've ever heard. You know, when you get there, you there. You know, you can't deny those men. They telling you the truth. Yeah, and and Pete Pete has a high standard for things. Like if he doesn't like something, Extreme. he will say he don't like something. So for him to say he liked it, that's why you know you know he's telling the truth on that one. Um, I'm a massive Star Wars fan over here. I love Star Wars. So the title NPC Jedi really stood out to me. Anything to do with Star Wars, I'm on it. Right. So I want to know, like, talk about you know the title, how it came to you, and you know, let's talk Star Wars, man. Your favorite Star Wars character and why. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to sound too weird. You guys in the UK, yes. right? Okay. Um, You know, like, uh, you know, over there, you guys got that. You got a Jedi church over there. I've heard about it. Yes. 
Yeah, you got a Jedi church over I've there. I've had to buy yeah, it. Yeah, I've always wanted to go check that out <laughs> to see. I've been to I've been to London several times. So, but I had a next time I come through, um, I want to go. But um, yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan, man, and I'm I'm like not your typical fan. Like I believe in like the philosophies. So you can see I got Jet, you know, my man Yoda. They're everywhere. I in the house too. Down there, but I go home. It's everywhere. So. I believe in the philosophy and um, the di- whole thing about the discipline, but also being able to, you know, like magically wave my my music in front of people and like, yo, this is it. Listen, you know, young Padawan, this is what we're going to, you know what I'm saying? And it was only smart enough, you know, I thought, you know, I, I felt it was authentic for one. You know, I'm not pulling a gimmick. And, uh, it's also mastering something. Like I'm a big believer in in um not faking stuff, which is kind of the climate we living in right now. You know, and it really upsets me to see all these young kids making 130, 150 BPM trap beats and drill beats, and they're coming in kits. They're being given stuff, samples, they're not digging. I don't mind you digging through YouTube. I don't mind you digging through the crates or digging. But when you just be given kits like a puzzle to put together, it's it, I don't feel it's fair. I don't think that that they're learning anything. And you'll never be a Jedi of your craft. And I believe in learning what I needed to learn. There ain't nothing you can't put in front of me. I can't flip right in front of you. nothing. You're going to be able to see what it is I do right there. And I've been put to the test in front of a lot of people. I had I had a term, terminology, room full of people. You got fame there, a bunch of people. Static is right next, Static Selector right next door. It's a bunch of people. And, and we have a joint on our album called 360 with, um, called Classifications with Nymphs. They had a machine out of the blue you know, it makes me wonder too. In term, in term, wondered if I was ever doing any fake shit. Now that I'm thinking about it, but anyway, <laughs> um, he gave me some piano and whatever, and said, "I'm a dance." Just out the blue, it was packed. You know, I'm a dance. Um, you know, chop that sample up, make a beat right now. It was a room full of people. I didn't hesitate. I got down there and knocked it out. We recorded it too. Somebody was recording it. And out of the blue, fame is sitting behind me. And he starts rapping to it while I'm making the beat. Next thing you know, next couple of days, turn calls me and we got Gorilla Nims on it. So it's all about mastering and and showing the passion. Um, you also want to prove and show to other people that if you got talent, it will show through. So if you if you showing people, you know, right in front of them and being true to the art form, first off, the music will be played over and over again. It'll never get old. Not like what's out now where people are going to forget Lil Tay Tay and, you know, Action Pack, you know, Baby. They're going to forget that stuff, just like the previous ones not too long before them. That stuff's not being played. You don't even hear it. But you hear Biggie. You hear Wu-Tang. You hear main source. You hear Pete Rocket sales move at the mall. Every country I go to. I just came from Thailand at the end of last year. They was bumping all of the boom bap era stuff. 
in the malls. I went into a shopping mall in downtown um, Bangkok, and this kid just was playing every East Coast, you name it. He was bumping that over the speakers in the, in the mall. So that just proves that when these producers like Lars Professor, you know, Pete Rock, our premieres, Knife Wonder, you know, myself, people like that, what happens is that music was was cooked up from scratch. You know, like a cake, you ever had a pound cake? That shit was made like by your grandmother or somebody. They didn't go to no store about it. They didn't go to the store about drinks or intimates cake. It'll pass the test to fill you up. But that ain't what you gonna go back looking for again. You gonna go back to grandmother's pound cake she made in the lab, you know, in the kitchen. So that's pretty much what my message is with the MPC Jedi album, man. You know something, bro? I, I wasn't expecting that much depth in your answer, but I can, I can, I can relate, and I hear you. I just want you to know, I've never had a pound cake before. It's on my list, like because I keep hearing about these cakes. Oh yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, y'all call like cookie biscuits. And Yo, stuff. listen, <laughs> when I when I come to America, like I, I always get the biscuits because like we've only just had we only just got them over here now. I've never had a pound cake. It's on the list, but I hear I hear the message, and and I love the Star Wars philosophy as well. It really it really it really resonates with me. Yeah, yeah. If you know, man, like a home over here, man, especially if you're from the south, a homemade pound cake, it like it's it went like a, a pound cake you buy in a store made by a company, it weigh like maybe half a pound. And if the grandmother makes it, it weigh like ten pounds. <laughs> it stick with you. You understand what I'm saying? It stick with you, bro. And that's what my music do. It stick with you. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that, man. Look, Summit, man. Put this on the list, the bucket list. No, Eat pound cake. I, 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 no, I, hear, I hear the message too. It's a bit like the AI stuff. I was having a conversation and, uh, about the AI stuff, and uh, especially with, with regards to music. And um, I think the conversation, the, the, what came out of the conversation is about the yeah. lack of a soul. The AI stuff doesn't have the soul. When, when you make the beat, when you make the music, you know, you can have a ninth wonder type beat that AI makes, but it doesn't have the soul in it. Does that have that? When I mean the soul, I don't mean I don't talk about the genre of music. I mean the everything that comes with it. Because when you're when you're creative, when you're a musician, and and nowadays you can speak to this too. When you're making beats, your experience is everything from the if you dug for a certain sample, all that that comes into the beat. There's a there's a whole context and story behind making a beat. You don't get that with AI stuff. You don't get that soulless. It's soulless AI stuff with music that you make. It's there's 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 a story there's a soul with it, so I hate you, man. I hate you. It's 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 tough, man. It's it's worse than it's not even. Then then i listen. It's impossible to do what we do in yeah. AI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now trap and drill, you can do it all day, because it's quantized. It's very predictable. That's what the algorithm is. I listen to about a hundred AI songs on YouTube, and I listen for that. It wasn't there. Let me explain something to you. You can't come up. Did you let you heard the album? Yes. Listen the sticky fingers. Listen to the how to block sir. There's no way AI can emulate that sound. First off, I do everything by hand. I don't do any quantizing. I don't let my system do anything for me. Nothing. 
everything that I do, I do it manually by hand. The filtering, the time stretching, reversing stuff, the arrangement, every single thing I, I do is by hand. The only way that algorithm could, could pick up on that, you understand, what, is if it understood that kind of process. I got stuff that's all off. It's not on time. It's got swing to it. Or I did a little too much oversampling, but it gave it a unique sound, so I left it. It's impossible for AI to copy what Knife did, what Preem did, because it's so intricate and comes out of the creative part of your mind. Impossible. I listened to what he's talking about because I was very curious about that when I saw that they did that Drake beat and a couple of other ones. But everything that that computer did, first they were trap beats. That's predictable as hell. Run a hi-hat, alternating current choruses on the bass line, pick some eerie sound from a record, of, and that's it. You can make that kind of beat anywhere. But what we do, these... These bull bap artists, this impossible, man. It's, it's impossible. There's no yeah. way that'll ever be done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. When um when it came to sequencing the album, how did you approach that? Was that already done prior, or did you get everything Maybe. recorded first? Or sequencing the, in terms of sequencing the album, the album order. What's going to go first, second, tenth? Oh, you know, I ain't even think about that. Um, <laughs> fair enough. So it was 33 tracks. Okay. There's leftovers. Okay. Right. You know, it's a bunch of other cats, man, that's missing off of there. Ed OG and the Bulldogs. I had him on it. It's another one coming later. I have a lot of music. So the 18 tracks, you know what I tried to do now that I think about it? Like, you know, MOP being the family and they're basically co-signing me, man. You know, being seen with me all the time. I'm on stage with these cats. You know, I'll be calling up. I've talked with Billy on the phone two, three hours sometimes. You know, um, it's personal. So I felt out of respect and love for MOP, you know, Gangstar MOP. I just wanted to leave the album with the MOP joint, even though there's like three other ones on there, too. Um, it was hard, man, because I got a lot of bangers on there with the right people. You know, Sticky Fingers, Tragedy, Gaddafi. Uh, rottenness, you know. Um, and I really didn't want anybody to go last. I ended up, I don't know how this happened, but somehow I saw it in uh, Keith Murray and Billy Swift. It's a UK group, too, from the, the Brotherhood. That's how I started. I gave a beat to them a long time ago. Faked it. Faked it. But uh, it actually made some noise over there. Um Gave them that beat back in the mid 2000s or something when they were here in New York. And uh, Billy Spliff got, you know, Keith Murray knew who I was. So he had an Amadeus beat and we got him on that one. It's called Don't Do That. Keith Murray and Billy Spliff from the Brotherhood. That's you guys over there. Yeah, I saw him. And, I, saw, uh, I saw him live for the first time a few weeks ago. He opened up for. Uh, Billy yeah, he opened up for Souls of Mischief. Oh, did he? Yeah, Billy, Billy State Work. He be doing something. He was with Elder Sensei and them that long ago. Yeah. But I got a lot of people on the album, so I just tried to place it the best I could. You know, um, you know, if you're going to listen to the album, you're going to listen to the album. That's how I looked at it. People, well, you know how people did even back in the day. 
you had a tape player, you just fast forward and you're like, nah, you can tell you didn't like it. Or now it's better. You could just skip it like you did with the CD. You don't like it, you don't like it. That's not the feedback I'm getting though. Everybody's like, this is on constant replay. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 us. It's 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 as fans, as Boombat fans, it's it's for us. Um and there's such a huge, still such a huge market and listenership for it. And it all, and always will be. That will never die. That will never die. It's yeah, part it will yes, never it's, die. It's it's part of it's part it, of the it, the elements of us and the culture is never ever going to die. So the yeah, foundation. Yeah, it's a weird fan base, man. We got this yeah. crazy, like obsessive fan base. Yeah, people that listen to the other parts of hip hop, they're not obsessed with the sound. They're they just are into what's happening in the moment, and that's why Boom Bap just stays no matter where I go. I mean. Fred Roy Sticky just came off a five show tour in Australia and it packed. I was just with him two weeks ago in Boston on stage with him in Boston. I mean, I could, you know, a lot of young people, people were there. I mean, Sticky and, and Fred they work. Yeah, they've, they've dropped a lot of and albums. Not, and they're famous for a reason because I've been to Sticky's home. Mm. You know, Sticky invited me to his home in Hollywood. And, you know, they're successful, man, for a reason. And it feels good to be working with those guys. And you see the loyalty and the new fan base. You know, Havoc just put up, shout out to Havoc. Well, I was at uh, with Razzcaz and Havoc at a video shoot for uh, Method Man three weeks, three weeks, a month ago. Havoc, and I was talking to Havoc. Havoc is just a giant. And he just posted something. It seems like some 16-year-old kids at a show just doing every word to hell on earth. Every word they knew. They weren't even born. And that's the beauty of this genre, man. It just never dies. It doesn't survive no matter what all that flipping. All these different, we had to lean back and, the, and, it, and that got old. But this doesn't change. I, I have it's a theory. I have a theory on it. I have a theory. My theory is a bit of a philosophical one. It's a frequency in the vibrations. There's a high frequency, high vibration with the boom bap. With some of the stuff that's coming out, it's low vibration drone. It's so it doesn't necessarily resonate with us and and the spirit. Whereas boom bap raises our spirits, right? So you can have dark boom bap and that's fine. You can have that. But generally speaking, when you think of boom bap, you're thinking of KRS, you're thinking of Pete Rock, you're thinking about uh Premiere, you think and think about the influences, the jazz, soul, all of those things lift our spirits because of the way the Mitch the music is made at the frequency it's made and the vibrations within that. And that I'm gonna go to philosophical room and go, that's why we resonate with it so much. Some of the other stuff, mm-mm, that was there to kind of bring our vibrations down. This at, at that fundamental thing has just always been at a constant. It's the pound that's cake, my bro. take. It's the pound cake. No, I love that, man. I love that. That I think that's perfect. That's it. Yeah. It's a vibration thing because that's what what we grab. So when we're talking about boom bap or or any kind of part of sub genre of hip hop, with the quote quotation, um, it starts with the music because that's how people are. They they hear the vibration and the music and the beat. Then they start listening to the lyrics. It's just how we are as humans, right? Not everyone, but majority. So if you're getting pulled in, that's why I like reggae music. Mm. Look how look how look how influential reggae music is. So there's a message within it. But when you hear the sound, it's there to pick you up. 
because the people who are making it are there to uplift their people. Mm. So inherently, the yeah, vibration yeah, is yeah, high. Yeah, reggae, reggae just has that. It, it's a very organic. It's got a lot. It's just like African American music or, or black music. Period is it's born out of pain. Yeah, yeah. You understand, and yeah. that's usually where it really starts, man. And we're one of the few mm-hmm. ethnic groups of the world that, like, you know, even even if you listen to anybody else's music. Other than European music, and I find it very interesting. Um, you listen. Look, I even I like to watch like I like to watch like stuff like India. I listen to the stuff they do like that that Bangra that that stuff in Bollywood, and I can see the culture that's so deeply embedded in those rhythms when they all do weird little gestures. That's the culture you looking at, and. Yeah has a lot of soul and feel to it and it, it does seem to resonate. I can see why so many people like that because you don't even know what they're saying but there's something about it that you can relate to as and especially as a black person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You definitely can and I've noticed that about everybody music in the world you know when it comes to that but our stuff particularly is born out of some real pain. Yeah. And circumstances, you understand? Even this trap stuff, you know, it's it's good politics, unfortunately. You know, and it's at a different type of fever pitch. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to ask your man a question though. I wanted to ask you how um you notice that producers are celebrated in that other world. There are no standout producers anymore. Nobody like how we celebrate Jake Dilla and all of these great, you know, pioneers that made all this great music. But when it comes to trap and drill, you know that they don't have no museum of producers for that genre. And that's for a reason. The only ones were a little bit of the older ones that did like Gucci Man's project, like Zetoven uh, and well, them. You had like that quote. Yeah. A couple of them, and then the other cow, Beethoven. But he's an older producer. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like 20, 20 years in now. Yeah, so he, he's in his 40s. Yeah, that's, you a, understand that's what a good I'm point. And DJ, think about it, Juicy J, DJ Paul. Those were the lads to that genre that, as far as producers mm-hmm. that are being celebrated. None of these producers are being celebrated. No, there was range though with those ones. There's no yeah. range. There's and no range. range. And I would, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I would I argue, I would argue as well. Like in terms of, I think in the next maybe 10, 15 years, you know, your young chop, they will probably be in those conversations because of the work with Chief Chief Keith. But I suspect it's because of you know the kind of the slightly generic nature of some of that production. It doesn't. You can't necessarily, it's hard to celebrate something or someone that doesn't necessarily stand, stand out. You have to celebrate a Jay Diller. He changed the sound of music. And it's funny though, back in the day though, P Rock at the Prime yeah. celebrated. Prime that's, that's a good point. Happy, celebrated. I'm talking about when they was hot. Yeah, Timberland. Now, I know 20 years later, we're going to go back and reminisce and see. Oh, I remember when he did this beat for Chief King. You know what? Yeah. Nobody celebrate these producers, that, that, bro. That, that's a, good, that's a, it's a point. point it's that. a point to think about. You you actually bust me on something. I'm going to think about that. No, one. he's right because because he used to be. Remember the DJ? The DJ was celebrated the most mm. if you look at the culture, and then he then became the MC and then producer. 
and maybe he's just doing a cyclical thing where it's just going round a little bit. And that's do the you thing. remember Hitman Howie T? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what did Rod says? Um, Rod, the real Rod Sam had a song called Howie's Teed Off. He was the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did we get here? Who did my my personal brother MC Light, the King of Chill, Cha Cha Cha, Stop Look Listen, Paper Thin. He just called me last week to congratulate me on the album. Top feeling. Who did she talk about in the song? She said, like the MC with the King of Chill sound. You understand me? Mm. They were being celebrated as the music was being put out. Where is that now? You don't even hear them being mentioned in the song, let alone sing. Yeah. We're with you, man. You, yeah, this is the this this the choir that you're preaching to. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're with we're singing you. soprano, alto, and tenor at the same time, my man. I hear you. I I, I hear you. It's really made me think, actually. Yeah, because a lot of it's, a lot of my producer friends are, are actually saying, like, but, even now, they don't feel like they are being celebrated. In you know, just even with credits, for example. What are you celebrating? Pardon. What are you celebrating? I mean, what would they be celebrated for? I mean, because, you know, we're, I'm a boom bap guy. So let me just, so my producers are saying, you know what? We feel a bit overlooked because even when, you know, albums come out, I say this to some all the time. It's hard to even find credits now, Amadeus. I don't necessarily yeah. know who's produced what. And it affects my music listening experience because I'll hear a song and I'm like, I really, really like this. If it's not a ninth wonder or a high tech, it's hard for me to tell who it is because those guys have this really okay. distinct sounds. I can hear a night. You mean with Ajnav? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, well, we, yeah, fast, fast. Okay, yeah. I got you. Now, you got me on point with yeah, that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was that other one, I could tell you why they're not being credited. No, no, no. We're with you, yeah. you on that. We're talking well, about no, like, these, these are kind of... Because they're throwing beats at these rappers for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, Lil Bird has this kid that I know Threw him a whole bunch of stuff free. Lousy burn. And that kid ain't got no credit for it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think some of it is a bit of chasing fame. So people do that thing for and devaluing. And they they come to conversation about value of of music mm. and value of people within it too. But a lot of these kids now, they're looking at music in the terms of influencers, where they feel like standing next to someone. It's more popular than getting the credit for doing something. Right, right. And I think that's the world we're yeah. living in that influencer yeah, algorithm driven world where people would rather look, it's the whole conversation 500,000 or dinner with Jay Z. I mean, you're stupid enough to answer the question. You take the 500 grand. You don't, you don't take the dinner with Jay Z. You take the 500 grand. You build yourself up. You get dinner with Jay Z for free. That's it. But that idea of, oh, do I have dinner with Jay Z because it sounds cool or do I take the money? That's that kind of idea of influencers and people standing next to someone and taking pictures and all that stuff, that's important to this generation now. Our generation is not, we're slightly different. We don't do that. I don't take pictures. I was at Safari Park with a footballer. I didn't take no picture with the footballer. I knew he was. I liked him. I was like, nah, he's on family time. But kids nowadays have been like all over him. That's not what we do. So I think it's a there's a generational thing where some of these kids and some of the generation now they just throw things out, they're hoping like, yo, if I give this to Uzi Vert and I get a picture with him or I get a little mention or a social post, that's enough mm. for them. And whereas, that's exactly what he got. Yeah. Whereas, what you said, that's exactly what right. happened. Yeah, but, right, he without, shouted his little name out and that was yeah, it. And then for us, 
and for us, it's this more. It's more than that. It's this is our art. It's our creative, and so we value the art a bit more different. And I see. I guess that's why we lord the producers that we lord because we understand what it took to get to do all of that, and we understand the blood, sweat, and tears it takes. We're we're you've got to be music fans. The problem is at the moment is the young generation they don't have that wealth of they can, but they'll grow up with it. But your bro, like we had James Brown, like Prince, Michael Jackson, Phil Collins, like. We had so much. We had such a wealth of supreme stylistics, dramatics. Mm. We had so much. I, I think as well, this is just an observation for, for me. I don't think people care about the life and story of music. What do I mean? I was at a party one day and I heard the beat come on. Doom, 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 doom. I'm thinking it's, um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's, uh, you know, the, Santana. You know, the remix they did, um, Wild, oh, the wild, wild thoughts, uh, uh, wild right? thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And then when Maria Maria came on, the younger kids in the room were angry. They're like, "What's this?" And they stopped dancing. And I said, "They thought it was Wild Thoughts." And I'm like, "You know, this is the original of like this is where Wild Thoughts came from." And it really struck me because you love the Wild Thoughts song, Maria Maria. Yeah, and I told them Maria Maria is the original one. Some of them had never heard yeah. it, and two, some of them didn't even care. We want to hear this. But we came up in an era where I know I know you're a liner notes guy. I can tell you read the liner notes. You hear oh this sampled so and so. You go back. You check the community. People sharing music. Have you heard this? I thought of you with this. I think a lot of that is gone. So the the life the lifeblood of music is gone. Taught me something. Pardon? Well, you just taught me something because you know I've done a hundred of these interviews. Um, I just told somebody, you know, I mean, because you guys are over there, right? You know, over here, like, I'm going to tell you, like, you know, uh, black Americans, for instance, like when you were growing up, like your parents, like, so you got your grandparents and then you have a certain age, your parents came out of that whole Motown era, yeah. right? So what it is, you hear all this stuff, your parents are um, playing in the house, right? And they tell you what you know about that boy, that about that there boy, <laughs> you know, what you know about that, that's so, so, and so. And I know that even West Indians do yes. it. You know, it's a big deal to pass down certain aspects of our culture, mm -hmm. right? And then when hip-hop came along, your peers were like, since we grew up on a Temptations, for instance, or our parents were playing stuff like Sherelle, Alexander O'Neill, when it came time for, like, cats like P-Rock, you know, and these producers, well, since that was the music you got, you had in your household, that was what we were sampled. You understand? So that's why we were very familiar with what we were listening to. And even the audiences that were listening, they weren't producers. They had an ideal of what we were doing because they were raised the same Nostalgia way. Sales. Well, I'm going to tell you my theory, and you just kind of proved it wrong. Because um, you're over there in the UK. Um, I, I assumed, and it came along for me, when Craig hit over here, I felt this disconnect with the next generation. And I'm sure it played a part. And I felt that maybe because so many of us were raised so differently because there, with the crack era really messed up over here. Like there was that, not that one-on-one -on -one teaching like we had when we were young, right? About the music and the culture. Like you got forced to know, hey, this is Al Green, all right? This is our grain. And then when somebody sampled it, you knew that had to be some kind of our grain. And 
But now what you're telling me is where y'all are and what you're seeing, you're seeing the disconnect. Yeah, like a lot of people don't care. I don't care. really know what it is. What is it? It's this is a worldwide problem. It, I think it's a it's a bit of. I don't think there's one answer. I don't think it's one solution to the problem. But I I will say this. I think a lot of the music we grew up on and that we hold dear to us is so reliant on what came before it, right? With with some, Correct. it's so reliant. Now you can literally have out the box music. It's like the pound cake you talked about before. You go to the shop, you get the pound right, cake and right, put it in the microwave. Right. Now you can get a beat, whatever, buy the sample pack and make it. You don't necessarily have to rely on anything that's come before. And look, for example, right? I grew up, used to clean the house on Saturday morning and play music. Uh, that That's gone. No one's cleaning the house on a Saturday morning listening to music no more. It's got, it's, I mean, some people are, it's done. So that community aspect of music is not the same anymore. The sharing. Wow, man, you just broadened my, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see, like, I don't, I don't always wonder, because I'm be honest with you. The UK, you cast are on it. Yeah, we are, because we didn't grow up, we, we didn't grow up with it. I'm sorry, boy, when I'm over there, bro, first off, my stuff is being blasted everywhere in the UK. I get these DMs every day from the DJs. When I'm there, you have a variety, man, that's just refreshing. It is saying for see the UK keeping something that come from here. You guys keep it authentic and allow. I gotta tell you, I even like, to be honest with you, y'all got some of the baddest producers, man, out. I mean, I'll be listening to that arrangement, and I listen to Tiny Temper, Skepter, you know, um, you know, these guys, man, they got some stuff, and I ain't gonna front. I be wishing that stuff would be more popular over here. Yeah, I think it's also because you know, we we grew up, you know, I didn't grow up seeing DJ Premier on the street or seeing Jay Dilla. So you you guys, they were like superheroes to us. So when they come over, it's like they're here. Yeah. So we don't take it for granted. Whereas, you know, I, you can go to New York and a J-Live could be walking down the street and the average person might not stop to say hello to J-Live. Me? I'm going to run up to j Well, now, yeah. well, now, now, now. Now it's right. good. But, you know, back in the day when I see Jay and Jazzo back at Marcy, up and down. When I would walk off Gates Avenue, they'd be in the PJs and they'll be standing on the block. That was back then. Jay hit no, I mean, I mean, I mean, J- no I mean, Jay Live. He, he don't mean ho. I mean, Jay he Live. Jay Live. Oh, Jay yeah, Live. Yeah, one time okay. I saw Jay Live in New York and I ran up to him oh, and I was, Live, right, I was yeah. like giving him his release dates. I'm like, yo, I'm a big fan. No, nobody knows who Jay Live right. is. Over but here. Jay Live comes to London. Yeah. Like he'll probably have, you know, okay. they'll buy him food. He won't have to pay for nothing for a few days because he's Jay Live. See, that makes me envy y'all, man. That ain't gonna front because nobody knows Jay Live is here, bro. Wow. I'm it's a, crazy. I, I, I'm, All I'm, the underground has no yeah. stuff like that over here. Yeah. That is uh, insane. I'm, I'm gonna be honest wow. with you. It 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 gets, if you think that blows your mind here, we're, we're kind of used to things because we're London, so we get a lot of the stuff. Further, further north you go in England, the more scarce it is. So the more crazier they get, and 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 in, and in a good way, like they get really found out by it. But when you go to places like Eastern Europe or Netherlands or Germany, they get even more crazy. Yes, like, that's true. Even, oh, no, like, even France, ones, yeah, like yeah, France yeah, my gets it. Is crazy over there. Yeah, France gets it popping yes. when it comes to some of this stuff. And and again, there's there's a big immigrant community in France. 
and they resonate with the music and the message and they take it on its own. And French rap is a massive thing, but they get it popping over. If you ever if you ever get to go to a show, any and I'm talking about listeners as well, ever get to go see a show, a, a rap show in France, go. Yes, yes, please. It will well, blow I your saw, mind. I saw, saw Buster in Paris. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I went to see, I saw Buster in Paris, but I'm no bus anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's all about the conversation. Um, yeah, I saw Buster Paris. No, I, I, I see the passion. I'm a big traveler, man. I mean, mm. I, I've seen the passion. It's, it, it, it's a, I'm gonna front. It makes me a little envious, man. Like, you know, to the point like, like, yo, should I move? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the UK. I mean, it's stuff that you guys that I would have criticized over here that's, you know, even mainstream. Some of the, even the drill in the, in the trap, the production, though, is insane. It's like, well, how do you turn a trap beat into this? It's, I don't know where you guys are getting the elements. I don't know if it's the immigrant population. It's the diaspora. Like, it's the diaspora, bro. It's the diaspora. That's Yes, puts out is crazy. It's the diaspora mixed with the chip on the shoulder being over here, and also we're we're in a we're at a place now where we have a self sustaining music industry. Once upon a time, you know, you had to go to America to bust the place to get to that next level. Now you can literally set up shop in in the UK, tour European countries, France, Belgium, wherever, and live a very very comfortable life yeah, making you, great you music. Don't need to t- you don't need to touch America. Yeah, we don't need to touch America no more. People's aspirations, music. I don't know, I'm not going to speak of all UK musicians. There was once upon a time where the aspiration was to break America because it was the toughest place to crack. They don't give two shits now. No, I, I know that. I already know that, bro. They're, like, they're that. like, nah. Because what it was is because they were so blocked for so long, they're like, we create our own thing. Yeah, like, and we'll do our own like thing. Like the South. And it's, it's, and it's like the South. And it's even like in, like, in other parts of the world in different aspects not just music they just go if you're not going to accept us then we're just going to be who we want to be and we're well, happy with that well I can tell you what that was about though talk to me oh, it's one thing man and I hate to say this because I love it don't get me wrong but you know what it's over here man like you know black people we still I mean you got your Eminem of course my brother Ari the rugged man my cat little Pete we got great YMCs over here but this is, is African American culture and what it is is that's an authentic seat to it type of thing, right? And even though most of the rappers you see come out, yes, come out the UK, it's the accent. I have literally had people go, nah, man. I was like, yo, listen to Skeptic. Man, listen to this. And they would always say something about the damn accent. It's something about because to us, let me tell you what we think. When we hear uh-huh. you talk, most people are not familiar with, with the UK. They don't understand it. What they hear are a bunch of black people sounding super proper. It sounds like <laughs> black people rapping with a white accent. James Bond. I get it. It sounds that way to black Americans and people in <laughs> general. I've had white rappers say that same thing. They laugh like, nah. And I know these is bona fide hood, hood crack guys that got wet. Like, I'm a huge Nines fan. I love Nines. <laughs> love them. And I know this dude been in and out of jail, prison. He had his flowers, that church road and all I'm, of that. I'm, 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 I, I'm from there. Oh, yeah. my brother. Yeah, that dude is the truth. Yeah. 
But man, when I play dice for people, they just laugh it off. Cause he like he has one called uh CR Grills. And he's like, you know, like stupid because with the fuck belly. People start laughing. Cause when he asked it, it just does not correlate <laughs> in our minds over here. It go along with hip hop. You understand? Over here you have to be based on authenticity to uh the music. You understand? It's kind of how like Eminem got value in trans co-signed by two dudes from the hood from Compton co-signed this white boy it gave it made other people say we better listen to him because Eminem doesn't sound black with raps at all but he's an incredible rapper and what you do is that when somebody black co-signs you it tells them that you're real that you're authentic and your work being listened to so that UK stuff to a lot of us, not me, of course, but it just doesn't fly. And it makes me mad, bro, because I want that stuff to get popping on me. <laughs> well, I think you benefit, you know, I know we're going to wrap up shortly, but I think what you benefit from, Amadeus, is that you, you called yourself a traveling man. So by being able to travel, yeah, you've expanded yeah. your you've expanded your horizons. Oh, yeah, I've been all over the UK exactly. like 12, 13 times, bro. I've been here, but you know, Northeast London, you know, Brixton. Come on. I've been off. So yeah, it, remind, yeah, it reminds me, you know, you look at Jay-Z's career and he comes up often. I think that trip to London in the 80s, without that, you may get a very different story because it expanded. His, you know, when you get to see the world, bro, like just getting... It makes you see things yeah, differently. Yeah, getting on a plane, I don't take it for granted, you know, that I get to go to different countries and see stuff because there are people who cannot do that and their mindset Correct. is limited as a result. So yeah, you're you're a traveling man. God bless you for that. Okay, I really enjoyed that I conversation. Think, it reminded me of the yeah, barbershop. Man, I, I, yeah, man. I think I think that I, I that I agree with. I think Amadeus, we should let you go. Get on with your day. We appreciate. Thank your you so time. much, man. Um, thank you for the conversation, and uh, and for being interactive with it too. We don't get many questions back, yeah. So we appreciate you asking us questions too. And it's yeah, good man, to... tell them to go get this album, bro. We'll, we'll, yes, put a link in, um, we'll put a link in the end episode notes. We definitely will. And uh, honestly, we appreciate you and your time. NPC Jedi is out now on all stream platforms. Physicals, are you going to be doing physicals soon or is it on stream platforms? Yeah, now? yeah, we're working on the physicals right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that should come later. Um, you know, we had a little look, uh, a little hiccup because of uh, we had a distributor that just got out mm -hmm. did our last mm -hmm. record wow. so uh, we're looking for a new distributor but yeah man uh follow me on the instagram you know i'm a dance 360 the bk the album's crazy it's got everybody mop sticky fingers and videos with it the really nymphs high right now tragedy Qaddafi, d block from whispers rockness one half of health of skelter yeah terminology it's a lot of heat on that uh master h craig g yelled at and we got videos for most of them. Absolutely. It's one of those albums. Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. We appreciate right. you, man. Have a good day.
Peace to Amadeus, 360 for his time. That was an interesting conversation, bro. Like, I liked the way it went. Yeah, me too. It just went places where I think, I think some of those conversations we have uh, regularly, um, some challenges, fears, um, and observations that we have, I think, in our, in our, in our regular rap conversations. Um, and I felt like we could. Do you think we? Uh, do you think we sounded like three old men in the room? No, not particularly. I think it's a perspective thing, right? I think, I think right. that's important. I think um, everyone has a perspective, um, and they have the right to listen to, to be heard, rather. And I agree with some of the things he, that Amadeus was saying, and some things I might go, "Ah, oh, my chance up," but ultimately, that's his truth, and that's his feeling on it. I think. I think the interesting conversation is of where we go with the music, with uh, the music the young kids are making. They're going to make whatever they're going to make, but then the AI conversation and all that is going to come up really, really fast. And that's what I was trying to get to. Like, yeah, it's 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 dominant. It's dominating the conversation. Exactly. Bro. It's going to be a very, very, very interesting five years. I think we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But yeah, laws are going to have to change. Some things are going to have to be it's put just, in place. It's just moving at a certain pace that no one is anticipating. Um, and so that, yeah, things need to happen really fast in, in that respect to keep up with the change. But, um, but I appreciate mm-hmm. him. NBC Jedi is out now. Appreciate Andre as always. Um, and the listeners too. Thank you very much as well for, for listening through to this episode. Uh, you can follow us at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram at Break the Atoms. Uh, Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic Minds. My handle is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We'll be back next week with another episode. Yes, indeed. Until then, peace and love. Peace.